Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 2nd of February 2014, entitled, If You Are Alive in Christ, Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to uh, open your Bibles this evening, I'll be staying on this mic and trying to uh, hang on to the pulpit. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, if you'd like to uh, open your Bibles there this evening. I'm preaching out of a strange Bible. Well, not really strange, a Bible I used to preach out of a lot of years ago. The Bible my uh, church presented me with when they ordained me into the ministry, as a matter of fact. Uh, But it's not the one I've been used to preaching out of uh, recently. And uh, so, uh, pray. Everything's not on the pages in the same places. I'm used to looking down and uh, and seeing it there. Colossians chapter 3, and we'll take our reading from the first four verses there. I invite you to stand with me to the honor of the reading of God's holy word, beginning in Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Father, we thank you again this evening, Lord, that we can be gathered in your house. Lord, for each one that is able to be here, Father, we pray now that as we take this time to look into your word this evening, again, Lord, we thank you from the depths of our heart. Uh, Lord, for uh, preserving your word and having your word here for us, for giving us your spirit to give us understanding. Thank you, Lord, for Lord, the thoughts that uh, uh, you have helped us with, Lord, in trying to look at this passage and put them down. But now, Lord, as we gather here this evening, we realize that uh, without you, uh, without the anointing power of the Holy Spirit upon what is said here this evening, then nothing will be worthwhile. But you know every heart, you know every need. We commit it to you, Lord, and pray that your will would be accomplished. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. Okay, for those that were not here this morning, you're getting part two, so you'll have to go back and catch up if, uh, if you have any, any uh, desire to. Uh, but we began this morning on the simple thought, if you're alive in Christ. If you're alive in Christ. We take that from those first words there that we read in our reading, if ye then be risen with Christ. And of course, as we looked there, we said that right there in those, in those first, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words uh, that we begin with, that uh, we have two very important resurrections uh, that are pointed to in, that, in those simple words. First of all, if you then be risen with Christ, if we're risen with him, then he is arose. This is we, uh, we sang that earlier in that, in that great old hymn. And so we, we looked at the, uh, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the importance of that, the fundamental of it, even to go in absolute as clear English as I can possibly try to speak to say that if you take away the resurrection, then you lose the gospel. And if you lose the gospel, then you lose salvation because it is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. And we looked at many things concerning that this morning. But praise God, it's not only Christ's resurrection that's pointed to there, but our resurrection. If ye then be 
risen with Christ. And of course, we looked at a, at a, at a number of things there concerning the, the born-again believer uh, and the fact that uh, as we look down, which we'll be uh, beginning to look at here in just a moment, verse 3 talks about that we are dead, uh, those three essentials of the gospel. We looked at those things in Scripture, uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the simple truth is, is that uh, you can't take any part of that away and still have the gospel. And uh, because of that gospel, though, because of what Jesus Christ did, because of his resurrection, we do have the opportunity to be risen with him, uh, to be part of that resurrection. And, of course, that first word there, if, everything that follows, these things that we're looking at in these, in these verses uh, is conditional upon if you are risen with Jesus Christ, if you are risen with him. These are truths to the born-again believer. These are those that are risen with Jesus Christ in his resurrection. And we looked this morning at the fact that if, if you are risen with Christ, if you are alive in him, then your resources for living are changed forever. Your resources, you see, as a lost person, all the resources you have are the resources that are available to you in your own flesh and in this world around you. But we looked at two different areas there because the Bible says, if you be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you're not risen with Christ, you can only seek them where you are, right here in this earth. But he says, if, if you're risen with him, if you are alive in him, then you have a different place for all of your resources. Seek those things which are above. We looked at a number of those things. What are all those things? Well, you know, I summed it up. I said, you know, if, if you look at my notes, I put it in all capitals, bold, with a whole bunch of exclamation marks. What are those things above that we can seek after? Everything that you need for everything that you do, every place that you are. There's nothing left out. God has it all. He has everything that we need. And we looked at a number of those things all through the Scriptures. Answered prayer, all spiritual blessings, the filling of the Holy Spirit Himself, all spiritual and physical needs, strength, peace, physical healing, guidance, all of these things without Jesus Christ, without being risen with Him. We only have the world around us to look for those things, and they're just not there. But when we have Christ, when we are risen with Him, this is, there's an urgency in the original when it says seek these things above. There's an urgency right now, and it's also in a continual action. It's something that you should continue to do. You should do it right now, and you should keep on doing it. Don't look to the earth for your resources, for all that you need. Look to heaven where Jesus Christ himself is sitting on the right hand of God. So we find that our resources for all of our actions, for everything that we do, has changed not only for our actions, but he says in verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Not just our actions, but our affections. Again, a lot could be said there. We pointed out the fact that we all make our choices. We choose who we're going to love. We choose who we're going to care for and what we're going to care for. We can blame it on all kinds of things or anything else, but in the end, we make that choice. He says, to set our affections, that same kind of urgency, the immediacy, do it right now and keep on doing it. Set your affections on things above. We looked at a number of things there, but in the end, it's only when we truly set our affections on Him. What is important to us? What has priorities in our lives? We said the, there's only one thing that I've ever found in the Scripture that the Bible tells us to love here on this earth. 
and that's each other, people. None of the material things, none of the physical things around us. God doesn't tell us to love those things. We love people. But the truth is, is that when we love him supremely, when our affections are set on things above, only then can we love those around us, whether it be our spouse, whether it be our children, whether it be our friends, whether it be our neighbor, whether it be our enemy. Only then can we truly love them as he would love them. So we find that, uh, that if, if you're risen with Jesus Christ, if you're alive in him, that when that happens in your life, that the resources for living are changed forever. But secondly, we want to begin tonight in verse 3. Not only are your resources for living changed forever, but the requisites for your life are complete forever. They're complete. Notice what he says in verse 3. For ye are dead. Wow. We started out talking about if ye are risen. He says here, ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You see, the only way that you can be alive in Christ, the only way that you can be risen with Christ is first to be dead. And the, the actual tense that is given here, it is a past tense, something that's happened in the past. Matter of fact, it happened over 2,000 years ago, to the best that we can count on our calendars. We find that if we look back in, uh, to the book of Romans, chapter 6, we find that there's some very, very uh, clear teaching there uh, on uh, this very thought on Romans chapter 6. Notice what he says beginning in verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Words, how, how dare we even think such a thing? How shall we that are dead to sin, live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. You can't separate the two. You can't die with Christ and not rise with Christ. But you can't rise with him until you've died. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. When that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. For ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. You see, we almost go through that. For ye are dead. This death, and it's hard. I know it's hard. It's such a glorious thing that our minds have trouble grasping it. When Jesus Christ himself, the Bible, when he was nailed to that cross, 
when he died for our sins. When you come to that point that you put your faith and trust in him, and you die on that cross with him, you're buried into his death, the Bible says. We are somehow, not just in some, I guess, allegorical way, but in a real way, according to scriptures, we are. This is an event that takes place in our life. Just as sure as you've been living and breathing and nailed to that cross with him 2,000 years ago, the wages of sin is death. They must be paid for. He died in your stead. And when you put your faith and trust in him, that death is counted to your death. It occurred all those years ago, but it still takes place in individuals' lives every day when they put their faith and trust in him. You see, your old man, the old man died with Christ. They're on the cross. Now you live in him. Before, the only life that you had was in the flesh. You were a slave to the flesh. You were a slave to sin. You didn't have any other choice except to sin. But when you die on that cross with him, when that old man is dead, when you experience that new life in him, in his resurrection, the Bible says that life that you now live is hid with Christ in God. Stop and think about that a minute. Hid your life is hid with Christ in God. I mean, that word means that it's covered, that it's concealed, that it's, that it's, that it's kept secret. I think that being hid with Christ really does a number of things. It, first of all, it gives us that common spiritual life that we have that allows us to be spiritually one with him just as Christ is one with the Father. That's part of what he prayed for with his apostles before he went back, that we might be one with him as he is one with the Father. When we are concealed in him and we're at one with him, that means we're at one with God, full stop. Being hid with Christ means that we're hid from the natural understanding of man and the sinful world around us. The Bible teaches us that the natural man cannot understand these spiritual things. Being hid with Christ means that we're secure against all those spiritual enemies that might come against us. I mean, we look in Scripture and he tells us that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing whatsoever. When you, if you are risen with Christ, if you are alive in Him, not only do all your resources for the life that you're now living change, but what we find here is that all the requisites, everything that was required for that life that you now have, it was complete, totally in Jesus Christ. You see, the new life that we have, it's no longer in the, the sphere of just the, the earthly that we see around us, but it's the life of the risen Christ himself. Yes, he is unseen by this world around him. He's concealed. He's kept secret from the world that only the Holy Spirit can make him known. Do you know that the natural man, the natural man within himself will never see or understand the things of God, but God himself, through his spirit, he manifests Christ through his word. He manifests Christ to those others. 
You know, there's that point in your life when you first saw Jesus Christ for who he really was. You'd never understood that before in your fleshly thinking, in all of your fleshly knowledge, in all that you could gather and accumulate in your brain. That mystery was hid. So God himself uncovered it by the power of his word through the Spirit. You've been placed in Christ in the safest, the safest hiding place from all that could come against you that you could ever possibly be. The hiding place of the Most High, the psalmist called it back in the Psalms. We find that you're hidden with Christ because you are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're in God, hidden with Christ. Aren't you glad that being hidden in Christ that God doesn't see you in your present condition? I'm sure glad. I mean, that, that, that makes me want to shake in my boots. That frightens me to think that God could see me because I know if God really saw me in the condition that I am in, then I have absolutely no hope whatsoever of ever attaining heaven. I have absolutely no way whatsoever to ever gain his approval. We're hidden in Christ. He doesn't see us in our present condition. He sees us in Christ. Does he see us? He only sees us in one of the two ways, in the old natural Adamic man or in Jesus Christ himself. When he sees us in Christ, he sees us in that glorious, glorified state that we don't see yet. We sang about it a while ago. There's a day coming. We talked about it. There's a day coming when we won't have to worry about praying for these physical needs. But that same day that's coming is when we won't have to worry about these spiritual afflictions anymore either. But right now, we're hid with Christ in his glorified estate. You see, your sins are hidden under the very blood that Jesus shed for you. You're tucked away, if you would, in a, in a safe place where Satan or anything, anybody, anywhere can get to you. You know that for Satan to get to you, that he's got to come through Jesus first. He's got to come through the blood of Christ. He's got to be able to get through that, and that's an impossibility. Because if you are risen in Christ, all the requisites for your life, not just now, but for eternity, are complete. They're complete in Jesus Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're alive in him this evening, your resources for life are changed forever with your actions and your afflictions. But all the resources of God that are available to you, they're only there because the requisites for your life, your eternal life, are complete in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished. When he died, you died with him. When he arose, you arose with him. Now you are alive in him, you are hid in him. Praise God. That ought to be enough to even make a Baptist shout every now and then if you really get to thinking about it. If, if you're risen with Christ, if you are alive in Christ, then I remind you that your resources are changed. You've got somewhere to go that the world doesn't have. There is requisites for your life for all of eternity 
are met and complete in Jesus Christ. But I want to give you this final thought that he shows us here in verse 4. He goes on to say, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Again, a phenomenal statement. There is absolutely no question whatsoever about the end result. You see, if you are risen with Christ, the results of your life are certain forever, for eternity. They're certain. Nothing can change it. There's coming the day when we'll come out of that hiding place. <laughs> Do you know why we'll become able to come out of that hiding place? Right now we're hidden with him. But when he comes, when he comes to be manifest to the whole world, and we sang that song this morning, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That day is becoming before the eyes of the whole world. Jesus will be manifest and they'll know who he is and his appearing. He says, we shall also appear with him in glory. Look with me, first of all, in Romans chapter 8. To tell you this morning, Brother Steve, you got it wrong, brother. I do love Romans chapter 5, but Romans chapter 8 is my favorite. Amen. Romans chapter 8, <coughs> that's the one I threaten them that if there's such a thing as haunting, if they don't read this whole chapter at my funeral whenever that day comes, I'm going to come back and haunt whoever was responsible for it. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Notice what he says, first of all, in verse 17 and 18. He says, and if children if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also what be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. In us. What did he say there? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we shall ye also appear with him in glory. That same glory that he's talking about here in Romans chapter 8 and, and verse 18, the glory which shall be revealed in us. And of course, we could read the entirety of this chapter, but I just remind you, look down in verse 29 and 30. You know, I've, I've, I've preached these passages before. He says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Of course, God knows all things. God knew, again, we, we try to grasp somehow that when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, God already knew who would receive him and who would reject him. He already knew that. But here we've talked about this, this foreknowing, this knowing that we're talking about here is not just a knowledge of a fact which he did know, but he's talking about that intimacy. Like when a husband knows his wife. When he foreknew us, he foreknew us. He knew us already as his children. He knew us as his. Those whom were going to belong to him. Those whom he foreknew. 
He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Do you realize that if you were foreknown, you're the saved? And that it's an impossibility to be risen with Christ, to be alive in Christ. It's a total impossibility not to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ himself. We'll be glorified with him. We're going to be just like him one day, not as God, but that glorified state that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Notice verse 30. I love this. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. The whole step from the moment that the Holy Spirit comes and convicts you of that sin and God calls you unto himself and unless the Father calleth, no man cometh. From the moment that he calls you and you become his to the moment that you are glorified just like the glory of Jesus. Do you notice that every one of those words is what? Past tense. As far as God's concerned, it's done. It's finished. You can't. You can't separate it. You can't have one. You can't start the process without finishing it. What God begins. He's faithful to complete. We find that this great promise to them that are risen with Christ, to them that are alive in Jesus Christ, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We could park and we could preach there and we could uh, just dismiss you in time to go to work in the morning if you wanted to, but Look with me to the great Revelation chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This ought to excite your exciter. If it don't, something's broke with it. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says in verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing this, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It couldn't be more certain. You see, if you are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're alive in Him, and these promises are to you. Your resources for living are changed forever.
You don't need to, to seek in this earth and the things around you in this world. He tells you very, very, very clearly. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Concerning your actions, also set your affections on things that are above. What do you really care about? What do you really love? We sang that great old hymn this morning at the close. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Set your affections on things above. So your resources for living are changed. Everything that you feel, that which comes from within, and everything on the outside, everything that you need, everything that you do, your resources are above. Your resources are with God. And that's possible because that the, the requisites for your life for all of eternity are complete. If you're risen with Christ, if you're alive in Him, it's complete. It's done. They are as complete in Christ as they possibly can be through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. You, therefore, now, he says, huh, you're now dead. Dead to that old man, dead to sin, but alive in Jesus Christ. Hid in Him. You were with Him in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection. You're alive in Him. Done. Completed. You can't be more complete than you are in Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're alive in Him, not only are your resources for living changed forever, not only do you have the requisites for your life, for all of eternity complete in Him, but the results of your life, again, for eternity, are certain. When Christ appears in His glory, you will appear with Him in that same glory. You're going to be changed. The moment in the twinkling of night, all of that corruptible is going to put on incorruption. Done. Certain. No changing it. It can't be undone. Of course, all of that is dependent upon the fact that you are risen with Christ. That you are alive with Christ if you be risen with Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ and know that with absolute certainty, then that's the most important thing in all of your life. But Christians, let's not live and, 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 and get down and and, and, and the squalor of this earth, let's realize, let's realize we were changed and we were changed forever. In Christ, we have everything that we need. There is no situation. There is no circumstance. There is no affliction. There is nothing that your mind can possibly reach to that's too big for God. That's your resources. That's where you are because of Jesus Christ. Because of his finished work. And boy, the results, what did Paul say to the Romans? Man, 
the things of this life, all the troubles, everything that you pile it all up together, it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that's yours in Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you this evening. I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, as I was reminded, and I know, Lord, that, Lord, I know it's been quite a few years back now, but, Lord, this is a tremendous book, as all the books of your, of your Word are. Lord, the book of Colossians holds many wonderful, wonderful truths. Lord, even in these four verses, thank you, Lord, for reminding this preacher, Lord, that my resources are no longer with what this world can give me or what I can attain from it. Lord, help me. Help me to seek the things that I need from above. Help me to set my affections on things above. Help us all, Lord. We make those choices. We will choose what's important to us, who we care about, what we love the most. Help us to set our affections on those things. And God, if we do that, we know that we'll be able to love like never before to those around us in this world. And it's really only the other people that you want us to love. Nothing else. Lord, you've told us not to love the things, not to love this world or the things of it. So we pray, Lord, that you'd help us there. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us, boy, that in Jesus Christ, everything that we need for this life that we have in Christ, it was completed. And it was completed for eternity. He died once to sin. He raised again the third day. So we pray, Lord, that you'd help us just to, to find assurance and confidence in that great truth. Lord, just to remember the results, they are certain. We know that one day, one day, we shall appear with him. One day, we shall be changed. One day, all of this sinful world and all of this sinful flesh will be put behind us once and for all. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look forward to that day with joy. Help us also to be reminded, Lord, that there are those around us that, Lord, they, they can't say that they are risen with Christ. They can't say that they're alive in him. Help us to realize the time is short. There are many that need to know it. Help us not to be bashful, not to be fearful. Help us to be bold in our witness, to be able to proclaim Jesus Christ to all those around us. We give you the praise and thanks for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.